Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I know that you're going to hear something in this next hour that may open you to this infinite field of possibility. So good show we have here. What if, what if there were four simple words that when practiced would point the way toward liberation and fulfillment? Our guest today has been sharing this life-changing teaching for millions of YouTube viewers around the world. I've invited him here today to explore his deeply healing insights and practices that can ignite our highest potential and potentially help us find that inner peace. So, what are those four words? And what is the power we're talking about? It's the title of his new book, and I love, love, love this. This new book is coming out in just a few weeks, and the title is Whatever Arises, Love That. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential self as I introduce our guest. Matt Kahn is an author, spiritual teacher, and highly attuned empath who bridges the mystical realms with the journey of awakening. Since experiencing a series of rare and spontaneous awakenings that began at the age of eight, he has been instrumental in transforming lives worldwide through his insights and heart-centered teachings. And I am so happy to have him here today. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. It is an honor to have you here. And um, I'm really looking forward to talking about this new book. And and like I said, I just feel so resonant with the title of it, which is beautiful. But first, Matt, I have a traditional first question here. We like to set the show into a larger context and memes. So I want to ask you our perennial question. What does all things connected mean to you? All things connected to me, if I really tune into that phrase, all things connected, it really lets us know that the natural state of consciousness, meaning we can know that all people, places, and things are manifestations of energy, and that energy is a consciousness, an intelligent, loving presence that masquerades in all forms, but the natural state, the constant movement of that force of reality within us all is in endless ongoing relationships within all aspects of itself. So it's as if the divine within all things meets and embraces all aspects of itself in all of these infinite relationships. So when you say all things connected, what really strikes me is that the uninterrupted flow of our divinity is engaging in endless relationships within itself, whether we are people engaging with other people, whether we are parents embracing our children, whether we are strangers becoming neighbors, or whatever the correlation is, whatever the relationship happens to be, everything within the universe evolves, grows, and expands through endless relationships. 
And as we begin to make our relationship with our own hearts more heart-centered, more intimate, as we improve the relationship within ourselves, so does our relationship with life tend to expand. And so it is loving our hearts, embracing ourselves, and of course, loving what arises that becomes the most fundamental way to transform reality for the well-being of all. Oh, yummy. Breathe that in. You know, we're going to talk a lot about this relationship with ourself and our heart and loving ourselves and, and loving what arises. But before we go into that, Matt, I think it's um, really fascinating to talk about how you got here today. You've had a beautiful, colorful life and started with some very early forms of awakening at a young age. Do you want to tell our listeners, what's your story? How'd you get here? (laughs) Well, throughout my life, I've had many mysterious, miraculous, spontaneous awakenings of consciousness, where all of a sudden, it's as if the clouds part, and I somehow know something about life and myself that I didn't know before on a very large scale. Uh, For me, it all began when I was eight years old. Um, Actually, if I go back even further, um, I had one awakening before the out-of-body experience that I usually talk about. So when I was about six years old, let's say, and I I often get the ages mixed up because I can't remember the exact age, but I can remember the first experience I had at a very young age. I was walking to my friend's house, and there was a little brick wall that divided my neighbor's property from his. And as I looked at this brick wall walking, something stopped me in mid-step. And as I stopped, there was this silent voice within me that said, I am not the body, I am not the wall, I am the space between it. And at that age, I had two different experiences. One, my young mind had no idea what that meant, but something much deeper knew that that was an understanding, that that was a revelation that later in my life I would understand. So I even had the awareness that at a later date, I will understand what that means. And then I think it was a few years later that I had an out-of-body experience where I thought I was having a dream, but soon I realized it was much more than a dream. And I found myself in the most amazingly beautiful garden I can ever describe. The colors were so bright and so vivid, it was as if all the colors of the garden were just overflowing with this hue of love, that everything was cascading the vibration of love. And... For me to be in that experience, to be somewhere unfamiliar and to feel totally safe at that time in my life was very extraordinary because up until that point in my life, if I was ever in an unfamiliar situation, I often felt threatened or scared. And so I I noticed how palpably safe that I felt. And as I was walking around this majestic garden, I began walking through a field of waist-high flowers, and I can feel like my eight-year-old legs trying to move through the thick brush of these waist-high flowers. And then suddenly I realized not only can I feel myself moving through this field, but I'm actually also hovering above watching myself. And I didn't know how I was having the simultaneous experience, but the love was so overwhelmingly clear and so fulfilling and ever-present that I didn't need to answer why or how. It was just, oh, this is happening. And then about 20 feet in front of me was this being in a white robe with dark hair and a beard motioning me towards him. And I, I was just stunned by this being, and I didn't move towards them. I started floating towards the being automatically. 
And I was about 10 feet from this being, and there was just this pure white light emanating out of their eyes. And for some reason at that moment, what I thought of was like in scary movies when people kind of roll their eyes up in the back of their head. For some reason, I thought of that. And that association broke the state of the experience. And I immediately fell through the garden, fell through the sky, and fell back into my body. And it was only when I fell back into my body that I knew that I wasn't dreaming, that I'd actually left my body. And I was shaking. I was sweating. I was freezing all at the same time. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw that same being who I saw in the garden motioning me towards him but in an all white chalky energetic outline. And as I looked towards this being, they suddenly disappeared. And the next morning I shared this with my parents because my parents have been always very spiritually open and interested in my experiences. And I told this experience and my dad seemed very intrigued by this. And I, and later I realized after I shared the story, he told me the story that happened to him where he had nearly the same exact encounter about 40 years before I did. Now, I didn't know what that signified, but it just started to show me that there's something much deeper going on within life. And it's from that out-of-body experience and all the experiences that followed that really turned my life into a spiritual odyssey to discover what's really existing within everything. Mm. I love that spiritual odyssey. Matt, did you realize when you were editorializing the eyes rolling up that that caused that? I mean, like, did you know that as an eight-year-old? Like, oh, I just blew that. I kind of, and I kind of knew like, oh, that broke the state. Like I did, I didn't know in my mind what a state was, but there was a feeling of that, that thought interrupted the experience. Mm. There, there, there was, you know, at that, it's weird because it's like, and a lot of us have this experience where you have the mindset of the maturity or age that you're at and you're seeing how your mind's interpreting it. But there's almost, there's also this witness within and behind it who's watching and in a silent way, almost commentating and understanding from a much higher perspective. So I, in my experiences, I've always been aware of both where I'm aware of how the personality is having the experience based on their age or education and how it would, would react. But there's also this witness within and behind that is also seeing something from the knowing of all that's already known. And so I've always had kind of both. And there's been a very deep level of comfort and not needing to figure it out, but just feeling like this is natural. Mm. And what a blessing for you. I, I myself have had early childhood experiences like that and near death experience and series yeah. of out of body. But I didn't have a dad to go say, Hey, I had this experience. What do you think? You know, and for you to be fully supported and nurtured yeah. in that is quite a blessing indeed. You know, you weren't alone. You didn't think you were crazy. You weren't hiding something. Well, if I can tell you the funniest thing, I had a family that supported everything I did and was there to listen to every experience I had the moment it occurred. I had that support in my family, but at the same time, the one who still doubted, the one who still lived a life feeling alone was still within me. So the interesting thing was I may have had that family support that maybe seemed to be different from 
and the other person's journey. But because I hadn't learned to fully support myself because I was still a child and hadn't grown into the maturity of being the love that I was looking for, because I had yet to become that for myself, it was the same experience as if I didn't have the support. So that's what's so ironic about it. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. 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 Okay. So how did you open this up and break into this huge YouTube community that you have? And you have this, (laughs) you have a beautiful audience and, and I learned from you from a friend and you do incredible, incredible talks and teachings. How did you get from this little boy having these experiences to being this spiritual teacher that you are? Great question. Um, I, you know, a lot of times I kind of sit back and look at my life and I kind of ask myself that question, like, how did this happen? And, and what really happened was if I go back to when I was a teenager, adolescent type years, when I was about 17 years old, uh, I, and, and from that out of body experience when I was eight, since having that out of body experience, I always had this peripheral vision of guides walking with me. And I also have this knowing that the beings that walk next to me are, are guides and angels, and they're here to escort me throughout my life. And I got used to that feeling and then just that knowing. I didn't know what guides were. I just knew that these people next to me are guides, and I could just see them through my peripheral vision. And as I became an adolescent and a young adult, a uh, teenager, I, I forgot that they were even there. And then I was about 17 years old. I remember hearing a voice in my head that said, you're not who you think you are. That was the first thing that was said to me about my guides. You're not who you think you are. And I was startled because I had totally forgotten about the guides and angels that walk with me. And I, and I, and I had started having this conversation with this voice within me. And each day the voice would have a different tone and it would be a different guide, a different angel, a different master. And each day the different ones would introduce themselves to me, but they carried the vibration of love that I felt from the garden from a very early age. So I instinctively knew to trust it. And every day I would sit in my bedroom in my parents' house and I would have different conversations about the universe with different masters and different archangels. And, oh, today I'm meeting with Jesus. And now this is Metatron and this is Melchizedek and Archangel Michael. And, you know, it it felt so right on a deep level that you kind of just go along with it. And everything I said was loving. And and so I, I just went with it. And and as this happened, I could also feel that this conversation I was having with the universe and these guides and angels was also activating my own internal intuitive abilities. I would start having visions and I would start having deja vus and all these interesting synchronicities. And then one day it kind of intensified. I was at a grocery store and I had this feeling in my heart of, I have to tell this person in the produce aisle, this message from their deceased relative. And if I don't pass the message along, it feels like my heart's going to explode. And there was this social terror in me of like, I'm going to go talk to this person and I'm going to go tell them something in the grocery store. What if they think I'm crazy? And the only thing that literally got me to do this was the feeling was if I don't, my heart's going to explode. So let me just relieve myself and share the information. And I walked up to the person. I said, look, you don't know me. I think I have a message for you. And if I don't share this, my heart's going to just explode in a million pieces. And I said, your grandmother's come to me and she says this, this, and this. And the person had one of the deepest healing experiences and just burst into tears and then told me all the different things in their life of why they were 
you know, missing that relative and how much that meant for them. And I walked away both intrigued and completely freaked out because I had no idea what happened. It worked, but it was just one of the most intense experiences of having some mysterious message going to someone you don't know and just laying it all on the line. And more and more, the universe would inspire me to do this. And then the universe led me into a spiritual bookstore one day. And I was looking at, you know, the wall of different ascended masters and guides. And I pointed to a picture of one of them. And I said to the store owner, that's my guide. I just have a knowing of it. And then the store owner asked me, do you do readings? And the voice inside of me said, yes. And I said, yes. And I have no idea why. And so then I would be put in front of people, not knowing what I'm doing. And for two seconds, I'm sitting in front of someone horrified of what am I doing? What if nothing happens? What if it's wrong? And like clockwork, it would flow. And all of a sudden, I would sit down, not knowing what I'm doing, and everything would come through me for that person to provide the greatest healing and transformation. And it took me five years of doing this day in and day out to finally start to get comfortable with, I don't know what's happening, but when I sit down with something, it happens. And then that grew into doing it in front of groups. And then of course, in the group setting, I'm just bringing through messages that resonate with the group energy of every soul in attendance. And then of course, those became filmed. And then YouTube and that whole thing came together. And it literally has been an entire journey where everything that's been created, everything that I intuitively bring forth for the well-being and healing of all hearts is literally a path that was created by trusting nothing but an instinct within me. Mm. Magnificent. I really appreciate hearing that trusting piece. And it, it really does speak to the title that you have as well. It's about really trusting what's presenting right in front of us. And so um, tell us about this book. It's so yummy. I can't wait till it comes out. I have not seen a copy. I've heard about it. I've seen you speak about it. And the topic is is so exquisite. So whatever arises, love that. Yes. Well, when I was, as I kept giving readings and groups and doing the work that, that, that I'm doing, at a certain point, I started to have this premonition, this feeling that I am going to be given a set of teachings that I'm meant to bring to the world. And what was interesting about this teaching was that it correlated with where I was in my spiritual journey many years ago where I realized, even though I've had a lifetime of groundbreaking spiritual realizations, there are some people that would probably listen to a lot of the experiences that I describe in my book and who will read about these vivid accountings and think, God, I wish I had those experiences. But what I realized that was so important was even though I've had a lifetime of groundbreaking spiritual experiences, something inside of me knew I could not define my spiritual evolution by the experiences that I had because I was at that point, I was still someone who deep down inside still was afraid and would trust, but wasn't fully aligned, absolute faith. And I began to look at that and I began to ask my guides, 
what can I do to really be who I'm here to be? I can't, I'm not defining myself by these experiences because there's just something inside of me that on a subtle level doesn't feel safe, even in spite of all the experiences I've had. And then one day the answer to that question came in four cryptic words. And I simply heard like as if thunder erupted within me and the voice of God said, whatever arises, love that. And I literally had no idea what those words meant. And as someone who could just immediately talk to one of my guides and ask for clarification, sometimes for me, the most fun is not asking for clarification and just testing it out myself. So I just went on a walk around my neighborhood and I took the words literally. I said, okay, whatever arises, love that. So a bird flew by. So I said, I love you, bird. And I saw people pushing a stroller on their walk around their neighborhood. I love you, family. And I would say it silently in my head. And then I was walking, I turned a corner and there was a city worker, you know, with a loud jackhammer and the noise totally startled me. And I just said, oh, I love you. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to walk around and I'm going to send love to whatever I see. And then soon I quickly intuitively realized that although part of it is sending blessings of love to all that we see, but that I realized that all the characters in the world that I see or that you see or any of us see only act the way they act, are only dressed up the way they're dressed up to produce or elicit a certain emotional feeling in our body. That when we are having an emotional experience, an emotional eruption, what we are feeling is what's being healed and cleared out of us. And if what someone or something triggers in us emotionally shows us the moment in the day that we can stop and send love to our own heart, that's what it means to love what arises. Loving what arises is a relationship you have with your own divinity where you say, I accept that every person, place, or thing is not in my life by circumstance, but is precisely acting the way they're acting to bring up in me what is here to be healed. And it's my opportunity to love that feeling that heals it and evolves my spiritual evolution one I love you at a time. And as I started to see that everything in the world was showing me what to love in myself, I also, through my vast understanding of unity consciousness, started to see that as I love my own heart, because my heart dwells in the bodies of all, by loving my heart, I was also transforming the relationships within every person, place, or thing. So I was not just producing safety in my body. I was not just releasing old energy and healing. I was also transforming the fabric of reality for the well-being of all. And when I discovered this, that's when I realized the secret to any spiritual path, whether one wants to awaken their consciousness, one wants to heal their body, whether one wants to accelerate their manifestation and bring to life their most fulfilling reality, no matter what someone wants from their spiritual life, the secret to our own inner fulfillment and the most powerful catalyst that will transform this entire planet is by making our own heart the object of our affection. And this book, Whatever Arises, Love That, is literally a roadmap and a step-by-step -step tour guide to teaching us how to do that. Mm. Ooh, nice, Matt. Really nice. And I, you know, we just have 
like two minutes before break and I after break really want to dig into what that means because you even take it you're, you're talking about our health you're talking about our relationship with ourself you're talking about our relationship with the world and you're talking about this drama this this play that we're we're players in and, and creating this world but you're also talking about transforming the world and so I love that but right before break um just briefly, if you can, you speak mm-hmm. about loving our heart and loving ourselves. And I'm just curious if you differentiate between the two or if it means the same when you talk about it. I, I say the heart as the animated innocence of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So ourselves would be the frame of the picture and the heart or the innocence would be the lovely innocent being who smiles within the frame. So the innocence of heart is the picture and our self or the self is the frame around it. And when that picture is adored, accepted, embraced, cherished, and nurtured as never before, it transforms the frame and expands it. So the being and innocence within it has more room to play. Ah, Beautiful definition. Incredible. Okay, thank you. So we are going to take a break in just a minute, but I want to make sure our listeners know how to find you. So why don't you give us your website right before we go to break here? Absolutely. Uh, To to check out more information about these offerings and to sign up for our newsletter and receive a free uh, energetic activation, just check out truedivinenature.com. That's T R U E. D-I-V-I-N-E-N-A-T-R-E.com, truedivinenature.com. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Matt Kahn with truedivinenature.com. More when we return. Sassy! Sassy! This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well is a rotten egg. Ha ha, I win. Whoa! Ah! Sassy! Johnny fell down the well! I'm wet! What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl! What? You'd rather use his time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold! People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? (laughs) What? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What do you say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt! Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on and lost cats stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. 
anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree. Yes. That one. The free-to-be-me you. (laughs) Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Hey, if you are inspired by our conversation today and want to share it with others or maybe just listen to it again, visit our website, thedrjulieshow.com, where you can find all the archive links as well as upcoming shows and upcoming guests. Also, stay connected all week with our Facebook page, all Things Connected with Dr. Julie. And again, we are talking with Matt Kahn, and he we're talking about his new book coming out really soon, Whatever Arises. Love that. You can find out more about that book on his website, truedivinenature.com. And I do want to point you there. He does have some pre-order things going on, and you can find it right there. And there's there's videos and Oh my gosh, lots of teachings and everything right there on the site. So again, that's truedivinenature.com. Matt, your your book, I can't wait for it to come out. Sounds True is publishing it. You have a launch coming out in January. And you talk about this as this blueprint. And and I, I can see how how everything is just really coming together in these beautiful pieces of, of your teaching. One of the, the teachings that you talk about is that this, the deep invitation of us to heal the human suffering and celebrate the spirit in all of us by opening our heart to what's absolute potential. So what does that really mean? What does it mean for us to open our heart to its absolute potential? Well, in the beginning, we were talking about what it means to me with the phrase all things connected. And I was talking about all things connected as referring to the universe being an infinite wellspring of relationships. And so when we open our heart, we are making the decision or we are opening up to the insight that everything in my life is somehow for me instead of against me. And when we open our hearts, we feel safe in the world. We feel inspired to bring forth our highest creativity, to act upon our highest desires, and to really live our most fulfilling lives. So really the question is, if an open heart creates the safety to bring forth the light of our highest potential, what is it that is going to open that heart to bring all this forward? And the answer is, the more often we stop, to embrace and love our own hearts, the more we give to ourselves, perhaps the love, encouragement, support, and acceptance 
no one else from the past was ever designed to offer us. When we become our own support system, when we deepen our own relationship with our own self, when we love what arises, that's what in a very short amount of time allows the heart permission to open, allows the body to feel safe, gives permission for all the emotional clutter to be healed, tells the immune system to skyrocket back to optimal levels that informs the body it's time to heal and to integrate and to move on to our next highest timeline of our long-awaited destiny. So it's as if what tells the universe that we are ready to step into our highest reality is taking the time to love ourselves, perhaps in the way that no one else has. Mm. So, you know, the thing that I really appreciate about this lesson here is the, the potential, thinking about our potential. Most often when I'm working with clients and, and with other people, we hear people really being really nasty toward themselves, really self-abusive and, and just very critical, overly critical, overly judgmental, but also of life as we're talking about whatever's presenting, you know, whatever's emerging, whatever's right here arising to love that. And we're sitting there going, well, I wish it was this time and it'd be better if it was that and da, da, da. And what you're talking about here makes me just imagine what would our lives be like? What would change if we really experienced and encountered everything infused with unconditional love? What would you say to that? What do you, what do you know to be true? What I know to be true is that having the most amazing experience of guiding so many beings to embrace and love their heart, even from people who have you know, histories of abuse, who have these subconscious associations that they, there were people in my past that said, I love you to me. And they said, I love you. And then they did the opposite. They said, I love you. Then they left. They said, I love you. Then they disappeared out of off the planet. They said, I love you. Then they hurt me. And so a lot of us have these subconscious associations to people said, you know, I love you and then did the opposite. So what we're really doing when we love our hearts is we're untangling the negative associations we have from our past pains or moments of victimhood and saying, despite the past that I've survived, I can be the one who remembers how much love I didn't receive. I'm the one who knows how much love I deserve. And so I'm not going to, instead of living in a world where I'm going to be negative or cynical and waiting for the world to step forward and give to me what I demand, I'm going to take this opportunity to learn how to give to myself the love that I desire. And it's just learning how to authentically connect with our hearts and just even saying the words, I love you in a soft and supportive way. Maybe for some people, the words are, you are safe, you are loved, or you have a right to think this way or feel this way. When we love what arises, what I've noticed in so many beings in such a magnificent way is they start to really open up to a higher level of consciousness. And if I can distill that higher consciousness into a simple insight, it would be the realization of if I always got my way, I would have received far less than what life has in store for me. So even when it seems like all, 
you know, all hell's breaking loose, when life is shaking up the snow globe of your reality, when we love ourselves through adversity, instead of holding ourselves hostage and waiting for the future to be the ransom, when we love ourselves more instead of less, we start to realize, despite the things that I want now instead of later, if I always got my way, I would have received far less than what life has in store for me. And so this is a way for us to awaken love within our hearts and also to discover the faith that allows us to see and understand things from such a higher level and to really understand that there's such a bigger picture going on. We don't have to deny our experiences in favor of a big picture. Instead, we let the greatest and biggest cosmic picture allow us to become the love we've always been looking for. Mm. Yeah, you talk about this, seeing this bigger picture and, and opening, and as our bodies are are relaxing, as we're giving ourselves permission to feel this love, we, we open and expand. And, and the other, the criticism, the judgment, is real constrictive. So as we're sitting here, I'm just imagining your good medicine, that you're, this prescription. So as I'm opening and I'm relaxing, then I begin to cooperate with the forces of nature, with the impulse of creation, with this entire, like you said at the beginning of the show, this whole divine network that I'm a part of. And wow, that potential is unlimited. Yes. And what I would say just to add to that is what if in order to activate that in so many that are with us today, what if for those who are listening to this, we could just start by saying these words to our heart and the words would be, I accept that the one who doesn't cooperate, the one who can't cooperate or who refuses to cooperate and open up is only here to be loved. Mm. And just to see what happens, because the magic in loving what arises, I mean, if we are someone who is ready to be open and cooperate, that's a wonderful step. But what I notice in so many people that I work with is that they want to cooperate, but they can't. They want to, uh, they want to open up, but they don't. And they say, well, how do I get myself to feel the way I'm not? And so we don't want to deny the parts, nor do we want to judge the parts as being any kind of resistance. But we say, in loving what arises, if I want to be open and I'm not, then the one that doesn't know how to open or who isn't open or who is shut down and lashing out, that one is only next in line to be loved. It's as if we accept all parts of ourselves as they are and say, within me is an infinite processional line of various characters each representing a different emotion or a disposition within me. And instead of meeting something like fear or sadness and trying to turn fear and sadness into love, we, as the liberators of all experiences, use love to embrace fear and sadness by saying, it's okay that you feel that way. It's okay that you don't know how to open up. It's okay that you don't know how to be happy. It's okay that you don't know how to believe in faith. It's okay. So instead of us trying to take someone from where they are to something else, instead we say, let's stay exactly where you are and just enhance the relationship with your current experience and becoming more loving with how you're feeling. 
that in itself is going to transform it in a very radical way. And it also dispels the large spiritual myth that says, if I focus on this negative experience, I'm going to manifest more of it. The truth is, the more harmoniously I embrace and nurture and love all of my feelings, like a parent embracing a child during their moments of need, the more healthy my relationship is, the more loving my relationship is, then the faster these things transform. So for those that don't know how to open or can't seem to open, perhaps the one who can't is the one who, leads, who needs your love right now. And if we can just put our hands on our heart and say, I acknowledge the one that doesn't know how to open is only here to be loved, we are taking our first groundbreaking step in loving what arises. Mm. Matt, this is why I love you and th- this is so powerful medicine right here. And, and what it reminds me of is your story as the little boy that's having yeah. this out-of-body experience where you're this little boy in the experience and then you're this overseer that's witnessing and and being that. And I know for some people who've never had that experience, it might seem really foreign, but really learning how to step into that witnessing mind, the essence of who we are, and then your medicine, loving with compassion, like having incredible, limitless compassion for mm-hmm. our finite selves, you know, our, our human yeah. selves, our individual selves, our, our fearful selves. I, I really appreciate how you've done that because it becomes again a practice in itself for us to witness ourselves in that way absolutely and i think as just proof of the sign of the times of our you know spiritual evolution expanding on this planet you know many years ago the spiritual path was a place where you would take a coffee break from the ups and downs of your everyday life or you'd go to a spiritual event or a gathering and you'd kind of check your personal life at the door. You'd have some sort of cosmic experience, um, you know, with, with different experiences and visions and whatever. And then you would kind of go back to your everyday life. And there was this great division, great division between our spiritual lives and our personal lives. And even many paths that would, that would assume a great spiritual reality would be beyond or transcendent of the limit, limited personal life. And what I know to be true and part of what's so groundbreaking about this book and my teachings is that as a sign of the times, as a blueprint for a new spiritual paradigm, loving what arises is literally healing the division or separation that divides our personal lives from our spiritual lives so that loving and embracing ourselves on a personal level, on an emotional level, can actually become the greatest for our highest spiritual evolution. So when it arises, we're no longer having a spiritual life and a personal life, but bringing these two things together so that we can be as grounded as we are expanded and, of course, to be as loving and heart-centered as we are wise and powerful. Mm. I love that transcend. It's like transcend and include at this time. I like to call it bisension, that it's not just um, us going to this heavenly place anymore. We're really right here grounding and bringing yeah. everything in. And I, I I love how you, I've even heard you say, I think something like, um, 
I got to think how you say it. It's like, oh, maybe you can help me out, but it's <laughs> something about creating heaven on earth. Oh, yeah. heaven on earth together individually, is, I think is how I've heard you say it. It's like, here yeah. we are. It's our time and we're going to do it together individually. I yes, love by that. loving. Oh, thank you. Well, it, it's something that really struck a chord in me and it's an honor to know how deeply it strikes a chord in you and, and so many others. Because as we love ourselves and as we, again, loving our hearts and saying, I love you is just one step in the process. And of course the book so beautifully outlines every step with so many interactive exercises so that we can all have our own experiences of loving what arises and taking the journey at whatever speed is comfortable for us. But as we love our hearts and learn to nurture and love ourselves one step at a time, it's as if each of us from the inside out transform from instead of being a closed window of divine potential to being or to being an open window that lets the light of divinity shine through. So if you imagine by loving your heart, this closed door becomes an open window. And as all beings in the world start to open the window of their heart to let the light of their soul enter this world, that light then allows this planet that seems like a planet separate or far from heaven to reflect back to us the heaven we've never actually left. So we are actually here remembering the heaven that is already here, and we are bringing it to life from the inside out, one I love you at a time. Mm. So Matt, you talk about this transformation of, of really working to transform reality from this inside out. And what would you say to the spiritual teachers out there right now, teaching spiritual activism that you go out and serve, you go out and put this love into action, you go out and be this love in the world, and you have this little twist, this is, wait, let's do our own hearts first. How do you, how do you speak to that? What's very interesting is that everything in the universe is always about a balance. So if we are being too, if we're being too focused on activism, to the point where we are not aligned in our highest vibration, then all of our efforts are not going to produce the outcome that we desire for the well-being of those that we're trying to assist. So what I know to be true is that, of course, we act upon our highest wisdom. Of course, we want to reach out and help those in need. Of course, activism plays a crucial part in life of taking your highest wisdom and implementing it into action to create something that brings us all together where we can all work together for the greater good of all. Absolutely. However, what is crucial to know is that if you're an activist, while you're being an activist or prior to someone stepping into a role of activism, the most important thing is to have a daily practice of loving your own heart. Cause so often you can get so caught up in the attachment to the outcome of what you're fighting for, that you almost send a message to your own body that says, I will remain personally contracted until the thing I'm fighting for is resolved. And then your relationship with your own innocence and your connection to divinity becomes fractured while engaging in a codependent form of activism. So if we can balance the power and the fury of acting upon our highest wisdom and creating solutions for the well-being of all. If we can balance and temper all of that with spending time each day privately 
lovingly and gently loving ourselves, that juxtaposition will create such an important balance because all the activism we want to do is going to bring about positive results, but it will bring about a vibration that we are embodying. So by loving ourselves, we align with the highest vibration of love and unity. And then when you're aligned energetically by loving yourself, it actually takes minimal amount of activism to bring about the most loving response and outcome for others versus when you're not aligned energetically, you can exhaust yourself with activism and still manifest more things to fight. So when we do this work from the inside out, we allow ourselves to be much smarter about our activism and to not, you know, hold ourselves in an inner state of conflict while we fight for what we believe in. Instead, we love our own hearts we resolve things energetically, knowing that every time you love your own heart, you're always sending blessings and see, planting seeds of transformation in every heart in existence. So we are rescuing those who are victimized. We are feeding the hungry. We are clearing up pollution energetically every time we say, I love you to our own hearts. And when we are aligned in love as a result of the loving efforts we provide to ourselves from that space, Activism is effortless and instinctive instead of being daunting, cruel, and exhausting. Mm. It's as if activism then becomes every breath and every yeah. step. Oh, Absolutely. And it, yes. So love is this secret component that really taps us into all of these mysteries and, and the the force of nature, this creative impulse. And really what you're teaching us here is to embody it, to fully welcome and embody it first and, and really be this manifestation of love. Absolutely, because what we begin to see when we explore life from the new spiritual paradigm is that it's one thing to want to fight for what we believe in to bring the world together for the greater good of all. But what we also need to see is that the reason why we're experiencing certain feelings or things happen in the world to bring about certain feelings in our body is because oftentimes the feelings that repeat are the ones that we don't have the most conscious relationship with. Perhaps we're only feeling the adversities, the pressures, the fears of the things that we judge. And of course, a judgment is just a way in which we look at something as being unworthy of our love. And so if we feel fear in our body, instead of trying to do something to change the thing we're afraid of in the world, what if we took this moment and started to create our own inner love revolution and said, instead of trying to resolve what I'm afraid of in this world, what if I can just sit and welcome fear into my heart and just transform my relationship with it and say, fear, I know you're only here to be loved. Instead of focusing on how you don't serve me, what if I ask, what can I do to serve you? And just that question, just that shift of perception relaxes the body. And instead of judging the feelings that repeat, we see that repeating feelings, repeating things, repeating outcomes and circumstances is just like innocent children 
tugging on the pant leg of a parent, waiting for the moment that they are worthy of love without having first to change to be more suitable for the convenience of that parent. So when we love what arises, we are saying to the children within us, you don't have to change at all. I'm going to change the way I view you and treat you. I'm going to love you more, not less, no matter how you act, no matter how you think, no matter what you say, no matter how you feel. I'm going to love you more, not less, because all your pain and negativity is just showing me how unsafe you feel and how much love you've been waiting for. I will become the love you've always required. And in that moment of reconciliation, transformation is born. Mm. Just hearing your voice say that, Matt, really, (laughs) I, I know it's probably tapping into every listener in our audience and just really assisting in that, just like you said, that safe feeling and that relationship piece of oh i can i can really do this and you know i know we're going to have skeptics out there that that say well i'm so unworthy i can't love myself but just really listening to this over and over and hearing your voice and and practicing this does make change it's just it's brilliant i love that so matt we just have a couple minutes left when does the book come out and i'm going to encourage all our listeners to go pre-order now we i want to support you and i want this book to be seen and heard right away so when does the book come out and if there's one last thing you want to say to our listeners what would it be sure the book comes out in the first week of january Uh, right now we're doing a pre-launch and if you go to our website truedivinenature.com on the front page there's a link to our page that that shows the offer where if you buy a certain amount of books, there's all these wonderful bonuses that we're including just to make this launch of this book a huge celebration. Because again, I know in my heart of hearts, I know from my highest level of intuition that writing this book and what this book is, is the blueprint of a new spiritual paradigm. It is what my entire life has prepared me to bring forth. And it is just the beginning of a brand new spiritual renaissance on this planet. And it is just so humbling for me to know that my entire life has successfully prepared me to bring this forth. And now that it is written and now that it's ready for the world, I am just excited for every person to have this book and to absorb not just the words, not just the interactive exercises, but the energy that I intuitively download into the words that's just as palpable in the sound of my voice when I speak. And in every page, it's just to remind us we are always connected and how deeply we are loved. Oh, beautiful. We've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show and talking to Matt Kahn. Again, you can find him at truedivinenature.com. And thank you, thank you so much, Matt, for being with us today. Thank you so much. You bet. We'll talk to you later. And listeners, thank you. We'll be right back here next week. Bye-bye.